Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. at making videos while sitting here because the trucks are just driving me bonkers. I just saw a post on Facebook, somebody saying there are benefits to psychosis and that's what I've been talking about even though I haven't really used the word psychosis that much that I recall. I've been using things like map consciousness and trans consciousness to encompass that whole spectrum instead of saying mania and psychosis I say map consciousness and I say that too just to join them together because it's at least for me it's kind of cyclical it's I go into hyper perception and then I come down and when I come down it's kind of hyper perceptively scary and that might be just part of it because going into that ecstatic mystery one has to come back through terrifying mystery it's sort of how things go because if one just kept going into ecstasy I feel one would eventually be in isolation because if one is in that state of profound ecstasy nobody else is there with the person unless they manage to meet somebody who's there too which you know it'll be wandering off into one's personal ecstasy and you could even think of how some people say take a an illicit drug together and then walk off into the forest and die because they sort of walked off into ecstasy together and that's not grounded in reality to feel that inner ecstasy all the time because reality's not structured in a way for us i just got a phone call and i don't know what i was saying something about the positive aspects of psychosis and I just say map consciousness for me to encapsulate the whole process and and also to sort of take away the judgment of mania as good and psychosis as bad because they're two sides of the same coin so to always want one and not the other is sort of impossible at least in my experience Oh, and I think I was saying people can go off into their own ecstasy. And I think that's great for a period of time, but it's not sustainable and it's not something that I would want to have all the time. Being human is about the rich spectrum of diverse feelings and experiences and perceptions, not about just being in ecstasy all the time. And I feel like if I was that way all the time, I would stop feeling that and I think actually ecstasy is something that would change over time as well if it was becoming more sustainable as it was embodied in the neurology it would sort of be toned down because we would have more neural networks devoted to that pathway as opposed to the pathways of anger and jealousy and all the things that 
we have wired into us as part of our physiology because that's how we're perceiving because that's how we're speaking to ourselves and speaking about reality and making commentary on reality so that's what we bring into existence or that's what we make real out of existence existence is existence it's already there that domain of ecstasy is already there right now we're just not making that salient for whatever reason so it's not necessarily about oh creating one's reality with one's words and thoughts reality is this infinitely complex something that we don't really understand and it's just a matter of what we're tuning into well mainly we're tuning into the sound of our own voice saying things that are pretty lame so we experience reality a lot of times as kind of lame and I think that's one of the reasons why map consciousness comes in and tries to push us out of that to give us a sensation of something else and I actually feel it's almost like how well perception creates reality that's what makes certain things salient and that will additively and iteratively add to that perception and so I actually feel like our evolution as human beings is evolution of consciousness and that is by perception so what we perceive is what we move towards so we're moving towards this sort of ecstatic experience or other experience of these inner human dimensions that are infinitely complex we end up getting afraid of that because it's the unknown and things get more and more strange and unrecognizable and then all of a sudden we're starting to act in ways that are unrecognizable to people that know us so we can only go so far into that as children we are allowed to be infinitely complex and silly and weird and strange and then we slowly got programmed into this small range of behaviors that are acceptable and then when we break out of that all the other people that are programmed are like what is wrong with that person when it sort of needs to be I think the other way around like what are wrong what's wrong with people that just you know clench their freaking anuses so much that they can't even do anything except for walk in a straight line with their head down so so I actually see it as a certain number of people are going into this other perception or in order to perceive it which changes our neural networks which changes our DNA perception changes DNA perception as in seeing perception as in eating something and that being perceived by the cells of the body that rewrites DNA and I actually came across an article in my email from the Health Action Network Society and they were saying the article says scientists uncover genetic evidence that we are what we eat and it goes on to say that they did a study with some parasites and they fed one high sugar low nitrogen and the other high nitrogen high protein and then they sequenced the DNA and found that the DNA sequence was different based on the diet so that's the perception of the food changing rewriting the DNA because the perception of the need to process that as fuel changes the DNA in order for 
the microorganism to be able to use that as fuel. So in the same way, perception of different perceptions versus our programmed ones, which keeps our DNA the same, different perceptions are going to change our DNA. So if we're constantly perceiving ecstasy, well, we need to have the genetics to actually be able to hold that ecstasy. So maybe it's different neural pathways in the brain, different neural pathways in the body. And I already talked about how gestures and different gestures are going to change our muscle structure. They're going to change our neurophysiology. It's going to change everything. So if we're perceiving and acting differently, the perception is the changing in the action and the gesture which changes our physiology. And then I also talked about how one can change one's posture and stuff to actually change how people feel and that's in the science as well. So what I'm saying is that I feel that a person experiencing trans consciousness and map consciousness is actually to change our behaviors, to change our genetics, to change our physiology, to get us to act differently, to create a different reality. So when we're perceiving that, since we're not supported in our new perceptions and our, our, new, our newly acquired high sensitivity, which some people already have and are never programmed out of, whereas other people, they're programmed out of their sensitivity, their childlike curiosity, wonder, sensitivity, learning. It's narrowed down to a very small band and then some people break out of that with map consciousness which can happen in so many different ways which shows it's completely natural. That's the thing, this whole ego structure that we're trying to recover again is false and that's why it's so difficult to get back and get one functioning again because it's not real and it's being used wrongly so I feel that these new perceptions are trying to get us to behave in a different way to go back to being our original childlike self trajectory and where it's not seen that way it's not seen as this person's kind of in this childlike state that I feel if we were never programmed away from that, we wouldn't need mania and psychosis because it's like this gap between our ego self and our childlike original self. And then this mania and psychosis process happens, the ego breaks down and we're snapped into this childlike version of ourselves. But reality is not congruent and our reality and our lifestyle design is likely not congruent to support us to remain in this going forward. So if all of a sudden we're in the, our childlike state, we probably are in a job that doesn't support that. And part of the article says they can even tell what the organism's diet is by looking at the genetics. So it's just showing that our genetics are mirrored by what it is that we are consuming, whether it's food, whether it's media stuff, whether it's our own voice in our own head and mainly we've been consumed by that and I feel like in the map consciousness process it probably rewrites our DNA pretty quickly 
and then and then we go back through psychosis into the consensus reality and our DNA is probably not suited for it anymore. We don't have the DNA of competition and all these ego structures. It's almost like false DNA. It's almost like those word viruses that we're infected with and then we translate into our own voice. Insert into our DNA. And this study is interesting because I watched a video by Dr. Bruce Lipton years ago before he even wrote a book and the talk, the video is called The Biology of Belief which he later titled his book on but he doesn't really write too much in his book as what he says in the end of that video he says that perception writes DNA and he said there's something called genetic engineering genes genes that rewrite DNA it's one thing to say epigenetics the expression of DNA changes but to say that one can actually write new DNA I think he didn't want to elaborate on that too much at the time and but he showed that same example where bacteria were put into a medium of nutrition of some type that they didn't have any genetics to process so they should all be dead but through the experiment whatever however they designed it eventually they lived and they had the DNA to create the enzyme to break down whatever it was to use it for fuel so I feel like And I've talked about before how nutrition is important for us, but there's also a different energy. So when I go into manic consciousness, I don't need to eat as much. Actually, when I eat, it goes right through me. I've had that experience and I lost a lot, a lot of weight. So I was probably burning the energy of my body, but I wasn't sleeping. So just to think, well, food equals energy, we know that's not true. 100% exactly what I'm saying is these perceptions that are meaningful and insightful and that we learn from these endo memes and these epi memes perception of something new the unknown and understanding actually gives us energy it's a different type of fuel so I feel like in saying that perception can also be energy, not just food. And since we're always perceiving these old memories and ego processes, it's wasting our nutrients and our energies and keeping us trapped in that reality. We're not perceiving anything new, but when we perceive something new, we see it new. We're like, wow, Eureka, serendipity. Well, we can have that happening all the time. Yet reality's not reality's not designed for that. But as we see that and maybe move towards being in that state all the time, if we can design our lives 
to sustain that, then we're going to see and perceive and learn and create something different instead of eventually hitting a brick wall with our perceptions and then coming back through the scary perceptions in order to get back to a lower reality, a lower order in that people are thinking and seeing old patterns and old memories all the time with their ego process. So what I'm trying to say is that these new perceptions are a form of nutrient that is going to alter our DNA to make it so we can actually continually process it. It's almost like the food that will feed our souls and not just feed our souls. It's the actual reward. It's the actual energy of cooperation and all these inner human dimensions that are naturally fulfilling without thinking I have to do this 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 in order to be happy so we're delaying happiness by this thinking ego process which prevents us from learning and seeing anew because we're so busy abstracting about what we think will make us happy when we've forgotten what happiness is so in a way map consciousness is a gift that's trying to allow us to remember how we were as children instead of having to wait until the next life to do that and if we remember how we were as children we're going to create a different world for children to grow up in instead of forcing them to inherit this garbage and I was also thinking when we're not perceiving and learning anew and living in this energy then we need all the pleasures and then we need all the pleasurable food and there's nothing wrong with eating something pleasurable but when we're addicted to it that's going to change our, our genetics and a lot of our genetics is going to be geared towards processing those pleasure molecules that we get from the food plus the molecules of the food that aren't the greatest for us. And maybe there's a certain capacity because when they did the genome sequencing project years ago they were expecting to find like, I don't know, something like 300,000 genes, something like that. But basically they found 30,000, like humans have 30,000 genes or 26,000 or something. And we don't have that many more genes than like a fruit fly, really. So it could very well be that we have only a certain number because our genetics are always being rewritten. And maybe they're being rewritten all the time, but generally now when we get tested for genetic stuff, they only test it one time and they think it's a static thing. Maybe one day they'll have like daily genetic testing to see how one has shifted. Maybe they'll be able to test one's capacity to hold ecstasy. And if a person goes into that ecstatic perception, it's easy to see how eventually one would hit a bunch of perceptions that are not ecstatic. It's almost like how they talk about if you leave a bunch of monkeys in a room long enough they'll write out the Bible verbatim and in that way it's almost like for us usually we walk around we're seeing our old perceptions and our thoughts and memories 
but if we manage to decouple from that long enough we're going to see something new and something new and something new and learn 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 see beauty and and we'll have walked towards ecstasy instead of being like ego perception ego perception ecstasy ego ego so we never end up in that path of ecstasy but sometimes things line up in such a way that we go into ecstasy and that could be synchronicity in a way but when we think about it most people aren't in synchronicity because we're doing what our ego and how we've been programmed to be and act and stuff so we need more people to be in alignment with that to have more people go into seeing that and being that and being able to sustain that like I see it like this giant quantum puzzle if if 99.999% of us are just going around in circles then we're going to be creating this world that we have but if more people get in alignment it's very powerful when someone is in alignment that's like the higher states of consciousness and that will bring more people into alignment because somebody is in alignment which is more powerful than being in alignment with the ego which is not being in alignment at all I guess that's when this thing about living that way and giving others permission to do the same is something of interest and Dr. Abram Hoffer said that a lot of this stuff is a perceptual disorder and I think it could be perceiving a different order and I've had the experience in mania where everything feels so loving and beautiful and wonderful and I think by feeling that it's bringing it into existence it's made manifest through that it's always there we just can't feel it because we're so busy abstracting about things and the abstractions are actually our ideas about what we think is meaningful and we're actually making meaning by that each thought carries meaning and we're making that moment into that meaning by that meme that we're saying and it's like what I was saying with the person who had surgery to restore eyesight we can't make sense of what we're seeing but in a way we can't make sense of it with the ego it's something that is of a different sense and I think it's infinitely complex and unfolding we can't really reference it to anything so it could be the state of beauty truth love but what is that like it's something different each moment it's not that word and a lot of people go into these states of consciousness after having a traumatic experience and it's sort of a way of having post-traumatic growth in a way having a traumatic experience is sort of like seeing that this society is pretty crappy and it is designed in a way that a lot of people end up having traumatic experiences so consciousness looks for other things that are meaningful besides that like if somebody gets traumatized at work for example for some reason and they had a lot of meaning attributed to work well now the meaning attributed to work is one of trauma so one would naturally go and look for something else that's meaningful 
and some people end up stumbling upon the inner human dimensions and go on that inner journey of map consciousness and trying to make new maps and meanings other than the ones that the ego has falsely created and ascribed. It's like moving away from the poison we've been habituated to. There's a different nutrition that we're just not able to process. We've been getting our energy from these ego processes that give us pleasure and reward in the form of dopamine. And we're looking for those little bits that are those rewards that we've been programmed to seek as rewards. And it's like there's this stress in decoupling from all that we've been told is meaningful when we realize it's not meaningful at all. And usually that's what happens when a person really changes their life. I heard somebody say, be the evidence. I think the next step in my life is lifestyle design as well as embodied mania. I've noticed that lately I can't stay at home and that's related to that home less for homelessness which is home dash less which is just be homeless and I think the other part is love more not fear less but love more and it seems like I feel no anxiety when I'm living this way right now whereas if I just sat at home I probably would feel anxiety so it seems like I'm allowing that compass to move me to move about in life differently that will slightly alter reality and my life and I don't know how far that'll go but I have had this sense lately that I'm sort of like a homeless person who has managed to stay housed and I can see that there could be a trajectory in my life where I, I do end up homeless for some reason. I feel like if I stay in this mental health thing too much longer, that could happen. Because if I have a crisis, then I have to start over again for some reason. I have to do it through the system again. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.